Good morning and welcome to Coffee with the Sarlows. I'm Kelly. Good morning, I'm Karen. We're going to start off with show notes today as usual. We've got our last evening with medium events coming up in December. It is already sold out, so if you are wanting tickets for 2019, we've got them on sale at the website by sarlo.com. The dates are April 26th, August 23rd, and December 13th of the new year. Those would make for a wonderful Christmas present. Yes, they would. Mm -hmm. And we have mugs as well now that go with both of the podcast shows, Coffee with the Sarlos and Sips of Sanity. They're $15. That would make a great stocking stuffer or to put stuff into to make a nice little gift. Um, And they're on the site too at bysarlo.com. Along with our gift certificates, which would also make a great Christmas <laughs> gift. To be fair, we do feel extremely honored when people choose to gift us to others. Oh, yeah. So if you are wanting to purchase gift certificates for sessions, you can do so by contacting us directly or requesting them through the website by sarlo.com. And for those who are receiving, you can experience your session from anywhere in the world via Skype, FaceTime, or telephone. We have a second podcast series called Sips of Sanity. It is found at bysarlo.com only. It is not on iTunes. It's 10 minutes long. It runs the first Monday of every month from Monday to Friday. And they're 10 minutes about emotional and intuitive intelligence tools. Excellent. She's back. Good morning, Katrina. Good morning. We have Katrina Neal with us back again today. Um, Katrina is a chiropractor who came to see us actually a little while ago now, eh, Katrina? About a year? About a year, yeah, I would say so. Okay, and today we've invited you so that you can talk to us and our listeners about chiropractic care for babies and children. All right. So the first question I want to ask you about that is, is this extra education or do all chiropractors have, I guess, the same amount of education towards babies and children? That's a good question. So all chiropractors learn to treat all ages, first of all. There are a number of chiropractors who will go on to do additional education uh, in the form of courses. I ended up doing a uh, two-year pediatric and pregnancy course on top of my regular training. Um, And what that involves is basically once one weekend a month, We are going down to Toronto, taking a full weekend course, and doing that over a two-year period of time to get the qualification. So you've gone above and beyond the basics of chiropractic care. Yes, it goes above and beyond just the standard training. Now, again, in chiropractic college, we do a whole course on human development. And so we take things right from the initial moment of conception all the way through all of the things that have to go right through a pregnancy and through the birthing in order to have our babies being born completely normal. You know, I try and make a habit of being fascinated by other careers, and that is just, without a doubt, so cool. You know what? It is cool because there's when you're going through, um, there are so many specific moments in time that something has to happen for a baby's development to be completely standard kind of completely the norm without having any type of event that changes something so you know years ago they talked about folic acid and the importance of folic acid for the development of the spinal cord and the uh, spine itself when you don't have that it can lead to things like spina bifida 
and neural tube defects. In this human development course, we ended up going through that step by step by step. It was very cool. Like, cool is an understatement. I think that's just fascinating. So you're talking about a mom at this point ingesting her proper um, vitamins and nutrients. So are there other factors or other things that they should be taking for healthy development? And part two to my question is, are there physical events that can happen to the mother while the baby's in womb that can affect the development? Absolutely. During pregnancy, it is very important to be eating properly. Um, Not only are you looking at just your wide spectrum of all of the vitamins, all of the minerals that we need, but you also have things like your omega-3s that are very important for nerve development. Every cell in your body needs the omega-3s. So that's from a nutritional perspective. From a perspective of if there can be physical events that can impact a pregnancy, absolutely. And that's where chiropractors come in. When you look at the anatomy of how the uterus is in conjunction with the pelvis, there you can picture the uterus as being like a little water balloon that's suspended by ligaments from the front of the uterus to the front of the pelvis, from the back of the uterus to the front of the sacrum. Yes, anatomy, right? (laughs) So if you look at it as being suspended freely, okay, if our sacrum gets tipped or tilted at all, because those ligaments attach directly from the sacrum to the uterus, if you tilt it, you can end up with a pulling on the uterus, which can create a torque on the uterus. This can create things like what we call in uterine constraint, which affects the baby's ability to twist and turn and move freely during the pregnancy and can also impact the positioning of the baby. In some of the specialized training that I've done for pregnancy care, there is a technique called the Webster technique. And basically what the concept of it is, is we check the position of the sacrum. If the sacrum is off at all, it can lead to babies that are breech or transverse and that aren't going head down in the way that we want them to in order to have a successful vaginal birth. If the sacrum is off, then we correct the sacrum, which in turn takes that stress or that torque or tension out of the uterus. Then the uterus suspends freely. Baby can move and turn head down. Very cool. I'm not sure if this is an intelligent question or not, but what what about women who have naturally tilted pelvises? What risk does that pose? It's, again, great question. Um, Women who have a naturally tilted pelvis, again, it depends on what's causing that. If it's a subluxation of the pelvis, if it's a subluxation of the sacroiliac joints, then that's something that chiropractors can correct. If it is, um, some women will have a tailbone that has, because of a fall earlier in life, it has tipped inwards, that can create a complication. There are Again, there are ways of treating that. It tends to be a little bit more sensitive an area. And most women, if you don't have it corrected before pregnancy, and if it's tipped sufficiently that it impacts the baby's room to move, then that can lead to other forms of birthing, such as C-sections. You've described me to a T. Okay. Mm-hmm. For both my babies, both cesareans with a okay. tilted pelvis. Interesting. And it's so interesting to sit here now, three decades later, 
and hear you describe all of that. And I was seeing a chiropractor during this period of time, but maybe not often enough to help it be corrected. I don't know. It depends. So if you're, was it your tailbone? Okay. Did you have a fall? Okay. Yes. So. I also feel like you gave me a look like, well, Kelly, you're 30, and the education that we had 30 years ago wasn't the same. Is that fair to say that the development and everything that's come along has been more more recent? Not necessarily, because if I think about it, I'm 21 and a half years in practice, and this education has been kind of education that I was getting way back when I was in school. By choice? The additional pregnancy in pediatric? Absolutely by okay. choice. That's, yeah, then that was part of what I was thinking. Okay. It's just that if you've pursued it, then other chiropractors might not have had, not access, but But the it. additional training, yeah. yeah. I think it's important just to kind of pause and, and remind people that this isn't to scare you, um, because anyone who's listening to this who either is thinking of having a child or is pregnant already, you're hearing that Karen had two very not easy, but successful births, and a lot of people go to fear. But you're saying that this is correctable. It is correctable. Again, there are certain situations where a person's structure can impede the possibility of having a vaginal birth. That can happen. Um, In most cases, it is absolutely correctable. But even still, the way that we're referring to complications are not life and death complications. So you can carry to term... You have access to help people who know what they're doing. Absolutely. I think it helps people hear that it is very safe to see a chiropractor when you're pregnant and that it's good for them to start seeing a chiropractor if they haven't, especially at the beginning of the pregnancy. But even if they haven't done that, Katrina, can they go to a chiropractor and benefit if it's later in the pregnancy? Yes. And can they go all the way through pregnancy? Yes. Chiropractic care is recommended for everyone. It is important part of our health care. It helps us to keep everything straight, everything aligned. It helps to keep our nervous systems working at their best. It helps to keep everything in balance. It helps to keep your muscles balanced from side to side, from front to back. So no matter who it is, chiropractic care can help you, uh, even if you're coming in without any symptoms at all. During pregnancy, even more important. Uh, The reasonings for that are, first of all, you, as I say, if you have everything in proper alignment, it definitely helps with regards to baby having proper room to move around during the pregnancy to get into proper position for birth. You also have the advantage during pregnancy of keeping those sacroiliac joints moving properly, so keeping the pelvis opening up properly so that when the time does come, as the pregnancy is progressing, baby's getting bigger, you're helping to allow the pelvis to open up for baby to drop. You also help with regards to rib cage issues, uh, breathing issues, because as baby gets bigger, they push up on the lungs and it can impact people's digestion, it can p- impact their breathing. So there's those benefits as well. In keeping the pelvis moving properly during the pregnancy, Again, it's also preparing the body for birth. In the third trimester, we release a hormone called relaxin, basically, which is there to help the ligaments to relax so that the pelvis can open up sufficiently for baby to drop. So not only does the pelvis open up in order to allow baby to exit, 
but it also helps to stimulate the nerves in through the lower back as we're adjusting during pregnancy and we're adjusting that lower back area it does stimulate the nerves that go and supply the uterus which allows for better more efficient contractions when the birthing process comes so that there's all sorts of benefits to seeing a chiropractor during pregnancy even though you refer to them as efficient contractions i still want to scream in my head (laughs) but i'm very happy for the people who get efficient contractions Um, I wanted to go back and ask you a nutrient question because I thought this was really neat. You had talked about the importance of omega-3s, right? In nerve development, you said? Yes. Now, would that be fair to say that that's a lifetime thing for people as well? Does that continue to aid in spinal care and nerve care? It does. And not only does it aid in spinal care and nerve care, but again, as I said earlier, the omega-3s are something that are they're called essential fatty acids, Mm -hmm. which basically means we need to get them in our diet. We cannot produce them in our body. So they weren't just named for selling purposes. They were not. Okay. So with your omega-3s, every single cell in your body needs them to form the membranes of the cell. So they help not only with nervous system development, um, but it also helps with the inflammatory cycle in the body. It helps with cognitive levels. With the body, our bodies always have inflammation going on at any given point in time. That is how our bodies heal. So what happens is certain things can speed up that inflammatory cycle. So if you look at it as kind of one of those round circles on your computer going around and around, things like sugars, stress, processed foods, all of that type of thing speeds that cycle up. So you end up with more inflammation going on in the body. Things like uh, soft music, stress management, exercise, massage, chiropractic, omega-3s, all of those things, proper eating, proper nutrition, all those things slow that cycle back down. So it basically modulates. It's it's not anti-inflammatory because you need the inflammation in your body. However, it keeps it at a level that it's helping your body to function at its best all the time. Katrina, does that still apply to people when they age with dementia and Alzheimer's? And what, um, is that fair to ask that? It is fair to ask. And again, from a nutritional perspective, omega-3s are essential. We need them in our body. So when you have somebody who is dealing with memory issues or cognitive level issues, such as dementia, such as Alzheimer's, it's not going to hurt. In fact, it's going to help and benefit them to be taking the, their omega-3s and again a wide spectrum of nutrients that are helping to feed their body the nutrients that they need. Okay I love the tidbit that we've got about omega-3s and some of the nutrients especially in aging because I think that's really appropriate especially in our community um, but I want to bring it back to our intention for the show which is children and pregnancies. Um, so can you go back and talk to us about some of the symptoms that children, toddlers, or babies will demonstrate for their parents where they're at a stage where they can't really articulate themselves. Okay. Well, Katrina, can you go to babies first? Absolutely. Like, it might be an overwhelming question. So can we go to infants, particularly after birth? Okay. So when a baby is born, whether they're born through C-section or through natural vaginal birth, it is always a good idea to have your baby checked because even the best of births can create shifting misalignments or subluxations in a baby's spine. 
If, if we have a family who are already chiropractic patients, oftentimes moms will, young moms will bring in their babies just purely preventative, no particular symptom whatsoever. Uh, a lot of young families who are dealing with babies with unconsolable crying, colic-type symptoms, digestion-type issues, lots of gassiness, just arching of the back when they're crying, those are all symptoms that there can be some tension present in the baby's spine, which can be leading to discomfort and, as a result, leading to increased crying. Would it affect the bowel movements as well, Katrina? It absolutely can affect the bowel movements. So oftentimes, again, with young babies, their their poops usually come almost after every meal. Uh, if they're not going regularly, uh, if they're going, you know, several days without a bowel movement, oftentimes that can be an indicator that there's something just not being stimulated the way it needs to be stimulated. And chiropractic can help with that as well. I love this list. I think it's so important because parents can sit there and think that they're not good at being parents, but this is not their area of expertise. This is not something they can or should be doing for their babies. Yes. This is where the health team steps in. Absolutely. There are a few other things that uh, can also be indicative that there's a spinal problem. Uh, Asymmetrical movement from one side to the other. You know, a baby who's moving one arm more than the other or one leg more than the other. A baby whose head is not completely shaped in a symmetrical way. Babies who, as they develop, who aren't hitting their developmental milestones, that could be another factor. Uh, babies who, who, when you lift them, they feel floppy. That can be an indicator that their muscle tone isn't quite as, as strong as it should be. Katrina, what about head movement or like the neck? Yes, again, you know, a head tilt absolutely can be an indicator that that baby would more than benefit from chiropractic care. There are, again, you know, not to promote only chiropractic, there are other health practitioners that can help with the same issues. However, chiropractors are the ones that do look for the areas of the spine that are misaligned and correct that. Massage therapists and physiotherapists absolutely help with things like torticollis where there's a, a tilt in their he- uh, in their neck position. So Katrina, I would imagine that it's fairly important then as early as possible to have that history or health history with a chiropractor so that you can follow those patients throughout life and know, I'll say quote unquote, what's normal for them from birth and then know what you're working with throughout their lifetime. It is important just on a very preventative level. It is important to be able to monitor a child's spine right from birth simply because, as you say, then you can follow them through and we know what the history has been all the way through their life, whether it's the history of their birthing, that you know, the history of the pregnancy, how that has affected the baby's spine and development. As they go through the diff- different developmental stages, at three months, they start to hold up their head solid. That actually helps with the development of the natural curve of the neck area of the spine. As they start to sit around six months, that helps with developing the natural curve of the thoracic spine. As they go through crawling around nine months, same thing, it's helping to develop the natural curve of the lumbar spine. So with each new task that babies learn, it impacts how their spines are developing. This 
is so fascinating. I've never heard that before. I've, I've never understood it that way. And when we sit down and do energy healing or medical intuitive, when people complain about different pain or we feel it as medical intuitives, we can hear whether or not it was proper development or injury. Um, and this often will help the person heal if they can understand on an emotional level that it was not their fault. Um, because a lot of us shame ourselves if we don't understand that it was a birthing issue or if, if we don't understand that it was something that came from a past life we because we carry our, our illnesses or our ailments from lifetime to lifetime sometimes. So it's really neat to be able to get affirmations from someone like yourself to say, no, patient history, I confirm this for you. Katrina, this must mean that it is tremendously important that parents allow their babies to be down on the floor crawling because so many parents, um, I guess in, a, in an age where people are busy or they're worried about their kids getting into trouble and being uh, seen as bad parents, that they may want to put them in a walker or they may want to put them in the jolly jumper. They want to put them in something, the rocker, that automatically rocks them to sleep or keeps them quote unquote busy. And now what we're hearing is that Babies need to be busy babies right down on the ground crawling because it actually affects the growth of the spine. It does affect the growth of the spine. It also affects and impacts the strength of the muscles. The other really super important thing is as babies are going through those developmental stages, you want your child as much as possible to be crawling before they walk simply because crawling helps to connect the right side of the brain with the left side of the body, the left side of the brain with the right side of the body, so that it's helping not only develop symmetrical body strength, it's also helping to develop symmetrical nerve development. Another important piece is that in developing the nervous system properly, it will help with learning later in life. Uh, even as a grade school child, it can help basically avoid learning difficulties. That being said, all is not lost if your child walks before they crawl. A couple things you can do. One is basically get them down on the floor, get them crawling even when they're four and five years old. Uh, in addition, swimming is another form of exercise that can do the same thing as crawling in connecting the right side of brain to left side of body and vice versa. So Katrina, um, I've seen you countless times and I know when there are adjustments that sometimes there are sounds or noises that accompany that. Do you have the same experience with adjusting a baby or a newborn? With newborn, newborns or babies, oftentimes the way that we are adjusting doesn't necessarily involve the popping. It usually is more of a sustained hold or just basically holding the baby and allowing their weight to do their work. In a lot of cases, when we lift our babies, sometimes you'll hear natural popping, and that's just their spines opening up. There's nothing the matter with that. It is basically, it, the adjustments with the child are like eyeball pressure. You're very, very gentle. Sometimes we'll use an instrument called an activator, which does the adjustment for us. So an activator is a, a small little de device that basically helps us to be very, very specific and gentle. With doing the adjustments, I oftentimes will use an activator with babies, toddlers, people who don't like the popping sound, uh, and my seniors. I, I use the activator simply because it is a very gentle way of adjusting. Can you explain what you mean by the pressure 
of an eyeball or an eyeball pressure? So when I say eyeball pressure, basically what I mean is the amount of pressure that you could put pressure on your eyeball without hurting yourself. That's oftentimes the amount of pressure that we need to use when we're adjusting babies. So anybody that is filled with fear that the chiropractor is going to quote unquote hurt their baby or cause damage or pop them or crack them is unfounded. It is, it's not going to be a typical experience. I, I don't know how to explain that. If somebody has not done uh, a lot of pediatric training and is not comfortable with treating babies, you may want to pose that question when you're booking your child. You know, does the chiropractor have additional training for, for children? Are they comfortable with ch treating children? Because a lot of chiropractors, even though they don't have the additional training, they're quite comfortable and confident and competent with treating babies. There are some chiropractors who aren't and who will specifically say, yeah, I'm not comfortable with seeing a baby. I, I'm not, I haven't treated a lot of babies. You should bring them to somebody else. Are all chiropractors confident and capable of treating pregnant women too then? Again, what you'll find is some chiropractors have done the additional training, which during pregnancy is important so that you aren't creating a situation where you're working against the body. Most chiropractors, again, because of the fact that we all check the spine in the same way, we, we know when something is subluxated, we can treat it appropriately. Most chiropractors who have not done the pregnancy training do not know the Webster technique and therefore may be adjusting in a slightly different direction that can create a little bit more torque, uh, which we avoid during using that technique. Katrina, if a woman is pregnant and she's seeing her chiropractor, say she's seeing you, and then she delivers and the doctor says healthy baby, does she still bring the baby in to see you? It's always a good idea to have baby checked, no matter what you do, uh, no matter whether the baby is showing signs of symptoms or showing signs of a head tilt. Having baby checked from day one helps us to optimize their nervous system from day one. It helps us to optimize their spinal function. It helps to create muscle tone and maintain proper muscle tone. As babies grow, and again, as we get beyond, you know, the head up, sitting, crawling into the walking stage, you think about most babies, they're going to be bumping and banging on a regular basis. So if we're treating things as we're going along, it's very simple to keep children on track and to try and help to optimize their nervous systems and their spinal function right from day one. I think, when I think back to raising two little babies, that I thought it was just normal that all babies fell a lot and landed on their bums a lot and hit their heads when they went back, hitting their bums on the floor and then their heads back. I thought, oh, resilient. Oh, they're totally fine. I'm, and I guess what I'm hearing now is, yeah, that is what's going to happen. Absolutely, it is normal. But it is also good, normal and healthy to have them checked out then because they fall a shit ton. They do. They do. And if we look at just overall spine maintenance, just kind of like we would look at regular dental care. Dentists check your teeth on a every six months, every nine months. They do a cleaning, just tune them up to try to prevent and try to maintain overall dental care. Our spines we don't see quite as clearly because they're hidden in amongst our bodies. 
but it is every bit as important to be doing regular spinal maintenance uh, and even more so because it impacts everything else in your body. Some babies have quite a bit of difficulty with sleep and the parents just don't understand what it is. And they will ask Kelly and I what's going on. One particular family had a very small baby who couldn't sleep at night. And I recall the spirit guide saying that that child needed to see you needed to see a chiropractor. So can you help people understand how a sleeping or sleepless child could need a chiropractor? I just imagine that baby's up in pain. That's what I see. And it can be a result again of digestional issues. It can also be just that that nervous system is overstimulated. And we just need to look at helping to stimulate what we call the parasympathetic nervous system, which is the rest and digest part of the nervous system. By doing that, it helps to calm baby and allows them to sleep better. Does that apply to adults? It does apply to everyone. I can think of a few off the top of my head. (laughs) I think it's really, really good, Katrina, for people to hear that what can happen to a baby can happen to an adult. Because sometimes we think babies and children, and we use this term often, are resilient. And what I'm hearing is, no, they're not. They need the same type of care that we do as adults or older human beings. They do, and and it's even more important because we've got the possibility of prevention. So when we look at the research, there is research that shows that if a area of the body or spine is misaligned for over two weeks, at that point on a cellular microscopic level, there are signs of scar tissue development. So as you were talking about earlier, Kelly, the fact that if we check them earlier and we know what's caused those traumas as they've developed, if we know we've corrected those traumas, then we know that there's not going to be scar tissue development. A lot of people come in, you know, 35, 40 years old, with all sorts of aches and pains, and a lot of it stems back to childhood, and childhood falls and falls on their bikes, falls out of trees, falls off their beds, and it tends to be a lot harder. It's a doable. It just takes more time to break up that scar tissue and retrain your body to hold those adjustments and retrain the muscles to rebalance. Oh, good Lord. This explains to me why I have spent um, a good year in pelvic physio care. Uh, with MJ, another person that we've had on this show that I think just matches or pairs up with you so beautifully, and yoga with Amanda Cooley. So listeners are hearing you come back regularly, MJ and Amanda, and I think very much on purpose, because you're saying that so many of these things come right back to how we're cared for, and what our parents believe. So if our parents don't believe in these things, we suffer. And if they're open minded to it, then they can at least come in and see and hear what you have to say about their baby's health and educate them. That was the point that I wanted to make because you've used the word prevention quite a bit. And I'm hearing education as well. Because I can remember clearly being adjusted at seven and eight years old for the first time with chiropractors. And we learned we being my brother and I learned what professional and appropriate touch is to feel safe in the care of someone else other than our parents and our physicians. And on top of that, there was a body awareness that developed throughout our lifetime. So at 10 years old, I could say to my mom, 
my ribs are out, I can't breathe properly. And instead of her thinking everything was on her to decode or figure out what was wrong and fix, there's a personal responsibility for the body where you can start to articulate what your needs are instead of being confused in pain. I found too that it allowed me to um, use a team of people instead of running to emerge for everything or running to the medical doctor all the time. I found that it allowed me to listen to what the kids were saying and then think, okay, that could be the chiropractor. That could be the massage therapist. I'll start with the chiropractor and she's going to tell me, or he is going to tell me if this is a massage thing, if this is a medical doctor issue or so on and so on. So I didn't have just one person or one answer for all things. I was looking to several doctors and professionals to help me raise my children which makes all the sense in the world. And if all of us are here to be your team and to do what's best for you, for your children, we will work as a team because we all play a role and we all come at things in different directions. It makes a huge difference when you have a full team working for the same goal. Mm -hmm. And I have so loved and enjoyed the integrity of all of the professionals. I know I've called you in the office and you have said, don't come see me until you've seen a massage therapist and wait to wait two or three days. Um, there's instruction and there's there's self-care. So I know how to handle myself. And it's not where, you know, other people from a fear based way of thinking might think, well, they just think they're the only ones who can solve the problem. There's integrity with these professionals. Katrina, on a personal note, one of my favorite things about you is that when I go in for my sessions, I feel like I have all the time in the world, not literally, but all the time in the world to ask you questions. Yes, and that's that's another piece that I find is so very important for people during their care. When patients are coming in on a preventative basis, they have that time frame where they can ask me any questions health-related in order to learn more in order to educate themselves, in order to be able to help themselves and their families to make good decisions with regards to exercise, with regards to stress management, with regards to nutrition. It makes a huge difference so that, again, it gives people that uh, opportunity to pose questions that they otherwise would not have. So, for example, when I'm lying down on the table and you're adjusting my neck and I feel that great release... I have often said to you, you know, why would that have gone out or what what in my lifestyle or what in my activity would have caused that? And I've heard so many different things about the way I move and you've pinpointed it right away about an odd movement that I made in a sport. So there's there's explanation to where I could have injured myself and prevented it at the same time. So it's not just questions related to the sound or to what you're doing, but as to why. Yes, and in asking those questions, I always encourage people, ask questions. The more that you pose the questions, the more you're going to take away from what I can offer you. I love the teaching part of what I do, simply because I know that people are going to go out and they're going to get talking to their friends and they're going to share that same information with somebody else. I have so many people who will come in and, and repeat something I told them 10 years ago. So I know people are listening and I know that friends of theirs are listening and it makes a huge difference to be able to provide that level of education. With um, one thing that I, I love with my young families is oftentimes I'll have you know a family of four, a family of five, family of two, and when the children come in, they are excited to see me to the point that they're almost fighting over who gets to go first. 
It's, uh, it really is a joy to see the smiles on their face. They giggle when they get adjusted. After the age of two, oftentimes they do have a normal adjustment where there is popping and they love it. They giggle. Well, it's a release. For anyone who's experienced it, you know the immediate breath you can take afterwards. Sometimes the release from pain is immediate as well. So I can understand why children are in particular so happy to see you. Because I would imagine being a child, they're not as accustomed as we are as we age to feeling and living with pain conditions. I'm still as excited as a two-year-old when you make an adjustment and I get an instant relief of pain. I can totally understand why kids are so excited to see you and fight to get on your table. And I hope that when parents hear something like this, Katrina, they can understand that it isn't something to fear. It isn't something to be afraid of or to gear their kids up for. Um, Like, this is a joyful experience. This is a healthful experience. It is both. And oftentimes the other thing that parents will see after the child has been adjusted, whether it's an infant or baby or whatnot, is not only do they oftentimes have a really good bowel movement, but they also have a wonderful sleep. I can speak to both of those. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And it just, it just helps you get back to your lifestyle. I, I can remember, you know, in grade four, thinking, okay, thank God I can go back and play volleyball tomorrow. And I still feel that way. So there's a lifestyle that just is supported by your profession. That pretty much says it all. Well, Katrina, thank you so much. Um, and I do recognize that we at first started talking about babies and toddlers and children, and we only covered babies today. So is it fair to say that you'll come back for another episode? For sure. I would love to. Excellent. Thank you. We definitely look forward to that. Um, So for listeners, if you have questions or comments about today's show, you can email us at info at bysarlo.com. If any of them are appropriate, we can forward them on to Katrina as well. Um, And we will put up your information on the website if anyone wants to get a hold of you for professional reasons. Um, Otherwise, have a wonderful weekend. Thank you very much.